community Good evening and welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Rafe, and it is a new show. Uh, same old faces, but a new show. It's Jordy's here, Jordy's there, you know the rest of the song. And uh, it is a panel of uh, experience, youth, uh, good looks and charm. I've got them all. I've got them all. Well, I, fit, I fit at least two of them anyway. Blowing your own boo boo sailors, lads. That's what I like to hear. But uh, good to see you. And uh, as always, it should be a, a cracking show. Um, most of you who watch the show on a religious basis uh, will know that these are the same guys who do the retro show. Steve Wilkinson will be joining us in a moment as well. And um, yeah, we're, we're speaking modern day. We're going to bring a few little things into the show. Um, as, as it develops, none of this is ever planned. It's always been spontaneous on NUFC matters. Um, but I certainly think we would like for uh, the viewers to send in photographs in the usual way of you around the world in your Newcastle top. So, great idea by Mitch and Stu. Ping over your photographs to me or any of the lads. Um, if you maybe standing next to the pyramids up the Eiffel Tower or standing on the beach looking for Mitch. Um, uh, or maybe standing at the bar looking for stew. Whatever, send us some photographs. I'm sure there's some good ones out there. Please keep them clean and please make sure you've at least got a replica Newcastle United strip or a hat or a scarf or something on and uh, we'll endeavour to get them on the show. We're also going to bring in um, a little a little thing called Ask George. Now, anyone who's watched the Retro Show will know that the Retro Show games, um, most of us sitting on here, could talk about games in the 70s, 80s, 90s and noughties, but George could go a little bit further back. So if you've got a question uh, for George, um, then ask him and uh, we'll endeavour to get it on. Just aim at it, George. So those are the two features that we're going to bring in on a regular basis. And uh, we're just going to have some fun tonight, though, talking about potential transfers. And George, it gives me great pleasure to go to you first. And, and ask you about Newcastle United modern day, I guess, and uh, something we've never really had the opportunity to do. Let's talk about the transfer window, uh, George. It is now Wednesday, the 19th of January. Newcastle have brought in two players. They've brought in Chris Wood. They've brought in Kieran Trippier. Tonight's actually quite lively. They've been linked yeah. again um, with Lingard, this time a little bit more uh, concrete information coming out. Manchester Evening News broke the story that Lingard and Newcastle was a possibility. Could be on loan, uh, although Manchester are keen to get him out of the club altogether by the sounds of it. Um, he's good friends with Trippier. And the other one that's developing uh, hour by hour at the minute is uh, Carlos, of course, from Seville. Uh, with a rumour coming out of Sky's uh, corridors this afternoon that potentially there's another Premier League club interested, but that Carlos is only interested in coming to Newcastle and he's putting in a transfer request. So, George, what's your take so far on the transfer window? Well, just as a Newcastle fan, you can't help but be excited. I mean, uh, normally this this particular window, we're, we're desperate for anything, any loans, anything. But this year, of course, we're in a little, and for once, we're in the driving seat in a way because we're actually spending real money and offering real contracts uh, to, to players to come to Newcastle. And it, it's nice to hear somebody like Carlos, for example, if the press is right, saying that he'd actually like to come, uh, not not just uh, not just a hint or anything. He really wants to come. And I have to say, I, I've got to admit, I didn't know much about this lad, so I've I've been digging and digging. Now, if if you read the Spanish paper, as some of it made my hair stand on end because they're saying, "Whoa, you do want him." He's, he's dangerous. He's, he's too he's too too quick to dive in. He gives penalties away, and he kicks people and all that sort of thing. And I thought, well, hell, that's just a Brazilian Brian Klein. That's just what we want. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so, um, and then I watched. Um, I sought out a couple of videos of him playing for Brazil, and a couple of pieces of defending which were just out of this world. One in particular, where he's playing for Brazil against the USA. And the ball's all but in the net. But he manages to clear it once. And it comes rattling back from a shot from somebody else. And he manages to clear it again. It comes back in again. And he does a bicycle overhead kick to get the ball out of the ground altogether. Absolutely incredible athleticism and defending. So, you know, yes, please, let's have more of that. But I said, the important thing for me is that it sounds like he, he wants to come. 
And the other other thing for me is is uh, the Trippier move. What a great buy! I mean, anybody can. Everybody's got to be impressed with the way he started. But not only that, I'm very impressed with the with what he says, how he speaks about the game, and all the rest of it. And I've got to say, having having seen him so far, my inclination would be to give him the armband. Um, you know, we're really we've really lost something. Um, three years ago, when when Rafa was here and uh, Jamal Lascelles was our captain. You could sometimes hear from where we sit, uh, Lascelles barking out the orders at the back with the goalkeeper and all the rest of it. That's completely gone. And the only thing I could see was Trippier talking to people around him to keep keep them, uh, you know, in, in position or that sort of thing. And I would I would be inclined to give Trippier the the armband. Because because he's uh, he's certainly leading by example on the pitch, and as I say, when I listen to him talking on uh, uh, off the pitch, he, he, he's got a lot going for him. As to the other things that are happening, well, it's great. It's just uh, smashing that we're in there with it with a shout uh, instead of having a begging ball saying, "Please, can we have this one on loan? Please, can we have that on loan?" And uh, it's uh, it's got to be good for the club. It's got to be good for the supporters, surely. And uh, I hope and pray that we've got at least one more in uh, by the weekend for the Leeds game because they seem to be on fire at the moment, although, although they're having all sorts of injury problems. But um, as I say, it's a long time since we've been in the position that we're in now. I was just trying to look back and see, uh, in my memory or in, in my knowledge, where, where we had a period where we're uh, in a similar position. And you've got to go all the way back to the late 40s when Seymour was running the club. If the club had a profit, Seymour used to buy a player. And there was a period of time when George Martin was the manager. We had so many players, there was almost a revolt because very few of them would get in the team. And all very good players. I mean, we had about five England centre-forwards on our squad and they couldn't get all get in the team, obviously. So George Martin, the manager, had to have this, like... Uh, conference with them all to calm them all down and the only thing that came out of it was a report from the director saying the two of the lads were unhappy about their accommodation nothing about football typical newcastle of course but it's it's that kind of feel it's the excitement and we're we're we're, we're, we're going forward and looking to go forward and, and to do things to uh, uh, highlight the fans the other plus for me is that the owners aren't afraid to say what they're doing they keep me in touch, you know, and uh, letting me know what's happening uh, almost by the hour. And, and uh, they, they don't miss very much either. I mean, Amanda's husband is, is uh, I see one or two of the tweets he makes. I mean, the, the, the nice things he said about uh, David from the food bank and, and that sort of thing. Uh, that would you'd have waited forever for anybody at Newcastle United to do that when Ashley was running the club. So there's so much positivity at the moment. I mean, I've never, you know, I, I've got to say, I've, I've never mentioned the R word because I'm still uh, convinced that, that we'll, we'll be there at the end of the season. Absolutely convinced. In fact, uh, my whole sporting panorama at the moment's up in the air because, you know, I'm worried about Newcastle in the football and, and look and keen to see what's happening. The cricket's, well, dead and buried. Um, Lewis Hamilton got cheated out of his world championship. And I seem to be the only one that's uh, that's uh, prepared to talk about the elephant in the room. There's nobody worked out yet that they were glad to get rid of the black lad that was the champion. I've, I'm afraid that's something I'd be looking at very closely. Uh, and then uh, after that, um, other things that, that happened. I mean, I like me boxing. Well, look forward to where... The, the, I mean, you can't fight and, and, and Kel Brook. So there's lots in sport, not just football going on. So so that's my first intro into, into what's happened as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, George, some good points. Uh, well made. And uh, Steve Hasty, uh, coming to you for some rather sad news that obviously met us at uh, NUFC Matters this week and um, a shock to us all across the, the yeah. platform. And that was Terrible. the uh, the death Terrible. of um, one of our panelists on the, you know over the lockdown period. Someone who gave us a lot of insight into to dealings in the Middle East, but also somebody who gave us a lot of laughs. Some of them unintentional, it has to be said. Uh, somebody who asked a lot of questions, 
um, in WhatsApp groups, which again we will all miss. Uh, but somebody who uh, clearly loved Newcastle United and was well loved by the supporters. And uh, Chris um, passed away at the weekend. Um, it was sudden. Um, it was tragic. None of us really know what's happened yet. Uh, his family are flying in um, as, as we speak, I believe. And um, the likes of Dave Avery and Alwaleed, um, who grew very close to Chris, have been fantastic in you know aiding the family in this time of need. But Steve, I mean, you know, like me, you know, you you had you know a little bit of time with Chris, got to know him like I did online, as many of us did. Um, yeah, just a shock for everybody, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, an absolute shock of epic proportions. I mean, I couldn't believe it when 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 we got the message through on uh, on Monday afternoon. Um, very, very sad. Uh, Chris was one of those lads who got <coughs> early through the lockdown. Uh, he's loving Newcastle United. When you started the uh, the the games where the where you did the talk throughs on uh, the the um, international. Uh, panel that you first started, Steve, um, and he hooked in on that, and then he became quite a regular on on a number of uh, of people's podcasts, and uh, he had some interesting views. Um, he he was he was certainly a character. Um, we we obviously we met him down in in London, and when we went down for the protest. Um, and he was delighted to meet everyone. It was, you know, he made a, a big thing for about a week beforehand, telling us he was going to be there and what time and kept checking. And then obviously came up the NUC Matters Christmas party uh, back in November. Um, and again, he, he couldn't wait to meet everybody, those who, who weren't on the protest and, and uh, a number of other friends that he'd made on other podcasts who turned up on that event as well. Um, so, yeah, very, very sad news. Um, and uh, I'm sure there'll be tributes paid um, right across the uh, the podcast world uh, from supporters in the in the in the next few days, um, and uh, all I can say is, you know, God bless him, uh, God bless him. Uh, very very sad, um, taken so young, Steve. Yeah, that it is. It, it's tragic. Um, just just give the, the opportunity to the other lads, I guess, to pay uh, some respects. Um, you know, George. Briefly, because yeah. you've already spoken, but just just quickly, you met him at the food bank, didn't you? Uh, when he well, was I over had here, a, good, uh, in a long session session with him, and, and because I like you all, I'd spoke to him often on 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 the on Twitter and other other platforms. Uh, but it was great to meet him face to face, and that's when I learned about his desire to become a Greek citizen. And of course, we had a great chat about Greece because anybody that knows me and Marjorie you know. That although I died in the world Jordies, my second home would be Athens. You know, we, we love we love the Hellenic Republic. It's it's a place we have very close to our hearts. So I was able to talk to him about that, and 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 he was quite impressed with what I knew about Greece and 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 the, and the people there. So yeah, I mean, I couldn't believe it when I saw it on on here. It it took me ages just to believe it. So I, I I'm deeply sorry for his family. Deeply sorry, and and. Uh, and for all of us, I mean, it's it's tragic when you lose somebody as as close as he was to the, to this uh, platform. Yeah, one hundred percent. Great words, Steve Wilkinson. I mean, the outpouring of grief's been, you know, uh, you know, no surprise to me on social media, and just tragic following in, you know, the, the you know quick succession from yeah, Dave Harrison's yeah. passing. Exactly. I mean, I, I I've never met Chris, but I, I I saw him a lot on here uh, and on Twitter, and I think mostly more recently on on the Monday night one with uh, with usually with Pete and Chris. You know, he was one of the the regulars on on the what was meant to be a rant, but he he often had some information that you know useful stuff to that a lot of stuff that I agreed with, a lot of, I disagree with. That that's the nature of it. But it it uh, I mean I don't know what age he looks very young, um, and then it's obviously going to be quite a shock that. Uh, to, to everybody that, that knew him, that you, you just don't expect things like that to happen. And, uh, it, uh, you know, my wishes also to his, to his friends and family. Mitch, you uh, were the one who basically introduced me to him. Um, you know, you suggested he might be useful at the start of the uh, the whole transfer, I mean, takeover shenanigans again, you know, the, you know, when it looked as if it was all over and then it started again and we were still in the know to the point where we knew that this hadn't gone away. You said this guy might be useful to, to, to bring on and just give us a different perspective, and he certainly was that. He certainly was, and I mean, I, I make no bones about he and I disagreed on a number of points rather rigorously on occasion, um, but that's what it's all about. What he did do was bring help us 
unravel the geopolitical perspective and break it down so people back home could understand it a bit more clearly. His knowledge in Qatar and his workings and dealings in Qatar were very valuable to see into the mindset. So when Stu and I and others are trying to present, saying, okay, well, this is happening on one side, he was very quick and, and very astute to bring a Qatari perspective into it very quickly. Um, his thirst for knowledge about Newcastle United was was unending. He, he wanted to know more and more and more. Um, it, it, like so many adopted Geordies, once you get the bug, by God, it bites you and it keeps you, keeps you going. Um, and that's something he really did do, and he did it with a degree of humour, um, self-effacing humour at times. Uh, and and he, he contributed many hours to help everybody during that whole lockdown period when uh, so many people needed an ability to reach out and to have something tangible that they could have to feel a bit of normality. And I had a little bit of degree of humour and a bit of football banter. And and Chris, I hope the hell you sat with someone now, mate, getting all the answers you want. Um, and here's to you, fella. And uh, thank you for all the contribution you've made, not just to this channel, but others as well. And and you will be a miss. Stu, I guess my <laughs> dying memory of uh, Chris was the uh, Annika Rice situation, which I, I don't think I've laughed as much on one of those lives when um, we were trying to comment on, on a game. He didn't want to miss his opportunity to be on the show, but he was having to make his way across from one side of London to the other. And he, he, right. he was basically on his phone looking down at it. And he was like this and, and basically running at the same time as his phone wobbling. I, I think we're christened the Manica Rice after the uh, treasure hunt programme then. And, and, yeah. and I'll have to dig that one out. We'll dig it out. We'll get John from QTech to look back at, at some of the live games that we did. Maybe find that and we'll put it on maybe on Friday night show if we can. But Stu, just finally on on, on Chris, um, you know, give give us a give us a, a story or a memory or, or something you'd like to share or, or just a just a you know a little eulogy about him. I think that game was the Fulham game that you're talking about. It was Fulham away, and he was trying to get a, get across London for it. But uh, Mitch used a phrase I was going to use uh, when you when when you think of Chris, he just had this insatiable thirst for knowledge, you know. And uh, they, even in the the two or three different WhatsApp groups you were in, and then you would message privately, and and he'd ask questions that I'm I was thinking he knows the answer to them. He knows the answer, and he just kept asking and asking and asking. And I think it was a test to see if we knew the answer, and if it was, you know. But then I would say, look, ask Google. Don't ask Stuart. Ask Google, you know. And and what what I, I take from Chris is, uh, like, yeah, the, there was there was difference of opinion, but there has to be because we're, we're two different people. And as Mitch quite rightly pointed out, we have different perspectives of the Middle East. But there was one commonality, and that was the, the love for Newcastle United. Uh, and I had a really good chat with Chris after the first Middle East show we did when we stepped in for Mick Lowe's, because that was the first podcast we'd both been on together. And he was so complimentary and so happy that, that we'd been on together. you know. And then I, I actually joked him and said, right, you can ask us three questions now. Yeah, and then he started <laughs> laughing, you know, and... Uh, it, it was just the, the, the type of guy he was. He, he was very proud of, of his heritage. He was very proud uh, of his American heritage. He was very proud of his Greek heritage. But more than what shined like a beacon or shone like a beacon was his, his pride to see supporting Newcastle United. Now, coming from his background and where he was living in London, that's not easy to do. But yeah. the, with Chris, he didn't care what people thought. He cared what he thought and he, he got to where he wanted to get. And you know what? He'll be a miss, the daft bugger. He really will be a miss. Uh, and as I as I tweeted about him, uh, uh, Godspeed, mate. You know, best of luck. And I I really do hope that uh, you can watch us win something because I know that's that was close to your heart. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. And uh, thanks for all your kind words in the chat. I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that the you know the the, the plaudits will continue and, and rightly so. Okay, Steve. Uh, onto the football side of things, Steve Hasty and. Um, yeah, just just a little chat about you know what George was saying there. I mean, you know, plenty of plenty of noise. Not another name on a contract yet, but um, hopefully might get a, a name through the door before before Leeds. Because God, we need one, I think. 
Oh, certainly do. Uh, it, the, the frustration, I think, is building among the fans. Um, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's a. I think we're splitting into two camps now. There's the camp that just that is very much the let the let the people who are doing the business get on with doing the business, and then there's the I hope they're doing the business. I want them to do the business, but I'm frightened they're not doing the business. Camp. I think we're splitting into those two at the moment. Uh, certainly, when you go onto social media, that's what comes over. Um, I'm very much in the first camp. Let them get on with it because, quite frankly, this the 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 number of names that are being bandied around um, is getting to the point where I just want to switch it off and I just want to wait until I see somebody holding the strip up. I think we said that when when it was uh, Kieran Trippier was being mentioned week in, week out, day in, day out, hour and hour in, hour out, um, and 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 we all panic and we all think this deal is not going to happen. And then when we see him holding the strip up, then what? Then we're happy. I think now there just seems to be a massive names coming forward in every position, and it's just becoming it's becoming it's becoming stupid. Actually, we're getting we're getting a report on a on a radio show in the morning that's telling us we're linked with somebody. Then we will go on and you look at Sky TV at lunchtime. They have the transfer roundup, and then the the, the same name plus more info gets thrown, and by five o'clock. Somebody else comes on Sky and it's like, no, no, my my information is that they've never spoken. There's been no contact. That's not happening, and it, it's as though it's just designed to just keep us on 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 watch, if you like, you know. And I think that that's the frustrating part. I mean, you look at the performance on Saturday. Um, some some interesting performances. Some some you know we we played the ball around, but we seemed to, again. Uh, lose that that element of concentration, that that ability to see a game through, that ability, that game management aspect when you go one nil up yeah. to actually uh, either keep yeah. it going or make the decisive change on the pitch that will allow you to then take advantage of the goal that you've just scored and and bed in. But no, we 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 have this this problem, uh, whether it's mental, whether it's physical, whether it's a combination of both, but it's showing itself up again um and it's 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 highly frustrating and you could feel the frustration in the crowd on saturday um where i was sitting uh, as people were getting more and more anxious um as we were as we were dropping back as we as the changes were made very very late on and people were going well why that change that doesn't make sense because you're coming further and further back and you're looking for an outlet ball which is never ever going to come etc etc so um the the whole the whole idiom of, of Newcastle United at the moment is from me is get this game over on Saturday and give us a bit of a break. Let them go away, let them regroup and let the people in the in the in the on the money side and business side of the club sort out who the signings are gonna be. I think we all need a bit of a break, to be perfectly honest. Um and I suppose that's one of the advantages, if there is an advantage of being knocked out the cup. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Steve uh, Wilkinson, uh, yeah. good evening. And uh, yeah, just, just your your thoughts on maybe Lingard or, or Carlos coming through. I mean, Lingard, of course, has been linked for, you know, most of the transfer window. Carlos, though, seems to have ramped up a, a little. He's put a transfer request in. He seems to want to come to Newcastle. The club just seemed to be stolen a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going like uh, the thing that Steve just mentioned about that you, you hear thousands of names. I mean, it, it, going back in the, you know, George, remember when you the, the Chronicle used to, you get, when they, when there used to be ink on the Chronicle, you could get it all over your hands. But we're always in link then with loads of players. And now with social media and Sky and Talk Sport and all that, it, it, that number's escalated. And I'm like, I'm like Steve, I just want to see them with a shirt on the standing on the pitch, which is how I felt with, with Trippier and, and Wood, even though I'm, I'm, I'm delighted that they came because they are proven Premier League players, even if they're not the top notch. They worry about uh, Carlos, is that he's not had any Premier League experience and uh, that's going to take a bit of time. And I, I would be wary of, of, of signing him tomorrow and putting him straight into a, a team against Leeds on, on Saturday when he'll not know much about Leeds. He's not going to have a long time to play with whoever he's playing alongside. Um, the, the, there's probably more to, to try and get through this game on Saturday with with what we've got. Um, and then there's, there's a two or three weeks because the next game is not till 8th or 9th of Feb. By then, the transfer window is over. We've got a chance to, I hope, bring in, you know, certainly 
two more permanent signings, maybe three, and 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 maybe a couple of loans, so that we've got a, a chance to really expand the squad with with proven players of of a, of a high quality. Some more with Premier League experience, and I think Lingard would fit the bill because I think we we are lacking our extra skill going forward. And and what was disappointing on on Saturday, I think, was we didn't get the ball to Chris Woods a lot. Um, I think it was was it was it last Thursday? I think when you were speaking with uh, Supermark and Gibbo, Steve, that he Supermark was talking about. He wants to see balls getting pinged in from both sides, from Trippier and and from whoever was playing left back in, in Dummett in this case. Uh, we didn't get that, you know. The the, uh, the amount of times where in in the first half, obviously, we we kicked the the opposite way around from normal, and I, I was where I sit on the east stand at the front. Um, ASM was 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 there and getting some nice balls down the line from from Dummett, which is exactly what you would want. But he, I don't think he put one cross in, um, and and had a very poor first half, I thought. Um, and then obviously he, he lights things up by getting the goal, but. We just weren't getting the crosses in, uh, particularly from the left. And uh, I think having an extra body up there, if uh, if we need it, um, Lingard will know can, can do that sort of thing. It's the midfield that worries me. Um, I think uh, we were reverting to type. Um, when you were talking with Liam last night, he was talking about blowing smoke up the, some various orifices. And, and I think we're, we're referring to Shelby and, and Joe Linton. And Joe Linton is... is has responded to, to, to what uh, Eddie Howe said, but I think Shelby's gone back into his shell and it is, is reverting back to the, the sort of quarterback role. And uh, you know, I, th- I think we need more mobility, which was there in the in the first couple of games after Eddie Howe came in. But they've they've stopped doing it again, and, and we're, we're reverting back to, to playing deep. Whether again they're worried about the defence and they're holding back to, to protect. Uh, the centre half, uh, which which seemed to be the thing that we're, and that's uh, you, you've got to be on the front foot and passing the ball forward, which we we stopped doing, I think, on on Saturday. Yeah, I would agree, uh, Mitch. Um, any anything from your side of the the water? Is anything cooking that you've heard, or any any you know any additional info you can give us to what's been breaking over the last couple of days? Not a lot. There, there was a interesting rumor doing the rounds that. Uh, uh, some of the some of the squad weren't happy with uh, how because he wasn't as touchy feely and friendly as Steve Bruce was. Well, guess what, lads? He's your boss. He's your he's your boss. That that, that happens. Um, there was another great rumor that uh, he'd taken the captain captain's parking space off of uh, off of uh, Lascelles, and Lascelles was in the huff about it, like it was something that happened at a golf club. Um, that apparently is not true, but the the, the word from in, it word from inside Newcastle was some some of them thought it would be amusing if he did it, um, which suggests there's a bit of squad togetherness in there in terms of a bit of pay taking and what have you. So I quite like that. Um, I think what they're finding is, and surprise surprise, it is very difficult to do good business in January. And I think right now, if, if, if I was in their positions, um, I gather there's still a, a deal on the table for Botman, there's still this deal on the table for Carlos, I would now withdraw them. And say, right, you think you can get more money in the summer? Bet you don't. Is there somebody else more interested in this player? Let them crack on. We'll go on to other targets and we'll go on to, on to other targets quick. That's what I would like to see happen now. We know what we need. Um, and and I want players who want to be here, yeah. and I want them to come from clubs who are prepared to deal fairly. And the 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 the, the learning curve on this is: guess what? January business is very hard to do. Anybody who thought that we're going to have five or six names lined up for the first of January, cuckoo land. Um, they've done very well to get trip. Yeah, I think that's a cracking deal. Um, the, the triggering the release course for Wood, I think, was sensible in the position we're in. Um, I think now it's time we played a little bit of hardball back, though. I, I, I think um, everybody obviously seems to think there's just a blank check waiting for that players. And, and it's time to put a bit of pressure on A, the players and the agents of the players who want the move to happen, and B, um, start to play a bit of poker with the clubs. Right, 
you don't want that bid, we're going to go and look at other targets, bids off the table. I'm telling you now, by, by the end of the transfer window, some of them will come crying back saying, can we talk again? Because again, A, money talks, and B, you look at the financial positions of some of these clubs, they are mental to throw away a deal on the table of the kind that we apparently are putting down. Lille in particular for Botman. They've got two years of their wage bill paid, guaranteed. The biggest relegation avoidance clause in a, in a deal ever. Um, that, to me, is nuts to turn down because if they think they're going to get more than that in summer, they won't. They just won't. Premium fees paid in January. Always seen. Um, I think if Lingard's up for offer at three million, yeah, let's have him. I think he'd make a big difference to the movement in our midfield. Um, the biggest thing that worries me right now is our game management. Yeah. Um, we've 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 thrown away twenty four points from potentially winning positions this season. So let's not be greedy. Let's have less than a third of those points. Stick seven points on where we are now. How different would that table look? How easier would some of these signings be to make? The draw at the weekend, for me, was down to bad game management. That last yeah. 25 minutes in particular. Um, the, 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 and I think I can speculate on what I think some of the causes of that are. Some of it's referring to type. Some of it's not having the concentration levels. I think the fitness levels are still not where they should be. And I think these all contribute. Um, Dubravka's quick throwout when all he should have done was just jump on the ball, wait a while, and then kick it. But he, I'm still convinced he still has this foot injury. He doesn't want to want to kick, and that's why he threw it out. And that's panic because his kicking was atrocious at the weekend. And so there's a there's a there's a definite problem there. Um, and I think. When he, Dummett was out on his feet by the end, so I've seen people criticising Dummett for letting the cross in. Well, no. he was knackered. He was knackered, and he, I don't think he could have done more. Um, it it frustrates the life out of me because we should be in a very different position to what we are, but we've got what we've got. Um, I see why fans are frustrated at how. We've got 10 games of how now, so it's it's... It's, you have sort of a better data set to look at what he's done in those 10 games. Um, and whilst we're liking some of what we see and what we hear, the results aren't any different. And I can understand why people are getting frustrated with that too. Um, we need some positivity on the transfer front before Leeds, I think, just to give away a bit of a lift. Yeah. Um, but I, and, and I suspect out of all the names being linked right now, Lingard's the only one I would say we could get in before Friday and drop into the team. Um, I, I would also be concerned with Carlos coming in um, before Saturday, right on the deadline to play, and then just chucking him straight in at the deep end. I've seen a lot of leads this season, as you as, you as well know, and the steward tell you when when they're in Goodfellas, that's Leeds Bar. I watched them yeah. uh, against West Ham at the weekend, <coughs> and my constant thought was. They kept coming back. They, they, they lost two players to hamstring injuries. So they were already depleted on the pitch and they kept coming back. Could I see us doing that? And I watched it with Steve Bennett and I watched it with Rob. And, and I said to both of them, my concern is, is that if that was Newcastle United, we wouldn't come back from that. It would go to 2-2 and would lose 3-2. We wouldn't go up the other end and give it, give it a go. Um, and that's my concern about going into Leeds is they have a mentality and a positivity that seems to allow them to perform as a sum of their parts better than what the individual players seem to be. And we don't seem to be able to show a shred of that. And that frustrates the absolute living daylight out of us. Yeah, okay. Stu, your take on the uh, possible incomings. I mean, Mitch says that Lingard is a um, you know one who would hit the ground running. I, I, I've got to agree with that. Carlos, I haven't really seen a great deal of. George was saying, though, that what he saw impressed him. I mean, are those two players going to satisfy the, uh, you know, the, the acrimony that we're starting to see on social media? I think we could say Man City's team and there's still be people complaining on social media, Steve, to be honest. 
Uh, you've just got to take a step back and think where we were a few months ago. And if someone had said to me at the start of the season, Ashley will be gone, Bruce will be gone, we'll have the wealthiest owners in the world, but there's a, there's a real chance you may get relegated. Do you want to take that offer? Of course we would. You know, and thankfully, as, as George pointed out, there's still time to to rectify the, the mess that we're in. And a lot of it is uh, created by ourselves. You know, it's we're shooting ourselves in the foot. Uh, the, when I was reading, and I've tried to take a leaf out of your book, and, and I'll comment during the game and things like that, but I'm trying not to comment <laughs> afterwards because it, it becomes too emotional and, and then does. people read it the wrong way. You know, you, you might write it one way, but people can interpret it a different way. So, but when I seen Dummett getting blamed, I thought, hang on. If, if everyone watches that goal back, the, the cross, he had three people to mark. And what's he meant to do? Just go and stand next to the guy in the wing and say, well, I'm the left back, he's mine. And just let the other two run through with the ball. So he, he's trapped in, in no man's land. And the, the, the blatant thing is, is and we can all see it, they've got no energy in the middle of the park. Uh, you can't blame Dummett for that. Uh, and let's be generous. Uh, I'll be generous when I say this. I'm probably about three stone above uh, football playing weight, weight-wise. And I reckon I could run quicker than the two centre midfielders we're playing at the moment, uh, which is Shelby and Longstaff. And they look disinterested, to be honest. And that's to me, is unforgivable. When you have the, the, the fans, and as Steve Hasty mentioned there, you could hear people moaning, that transfers onto the pitch. And that creates its own yeah. tension. You know, the, the players are human beings and they can sense it. We might have the best crowd, the best atmosphere in the world when things are going right. But we've now got ourselves in a habit of complaining far too quickly. And it's the old story of, like, if you look, it's like the generation above us. You know, they had their work to fill their home up, you know. The, but now people want showrooms straight away. You know, the youth, they want the showrooms straight away. You, you can't wait. You've got to work for it. But then it's what infuriates me most about John Joe Shelby is when, and I think it was Mitch that said it, when Eddie Howe first took over, he was the first to the training ground. He was doing all the running. He had a couple of good performances and then he's just reverted to tape. And I think his, his belief in, in how to defend is to jockey 10 yards away from the opposing yeah. player and look like he's riding two horses simultaneously. And that's, that's his idea of defence. Now, if that's what he's doing, and we can see it, then then the coach and people have to take responsibility and say, look, you're not meant to do that. But I think the problem we had with him on Saturday is he got booked early doors. Uh, and then occasionally he likes to lunge in, and he wasn't able to do that because imagine the fury if he got sent off. Uh, but uh, the, his partner in crime in the middle, the long staff, he looks lost. Uh, and it's sad to say he doesn't look good enough. And if we're, if we're bringing players in, we've, it doesn't matter, he's a local lad, of course we all want him to do well. But the opportunity's there, and we can't keep pointing the blame at other people. Uh, and, and I fully agree, Lingo could come in yeah. and with the right mentality, same as Trippier's come in with the right mentality, it's a winner's mentality. And they'll have the pride not wanting to to be relegated. Even if, they, even if it's only on loan, you're still associated with a relegated team and it's a stigma. Winners don't want. But there's an apathy amongst our players, or visibly it looks like there's an apathy amongst our players where they just don't seem to care that much. Um, you can make the argument, OK, they know that they're going to be gone at the end of the season, whatever. Well, play for your new club then. You know, play to put yourself in the shop window and try. Uh, and then when you have the criticism of the, of the owners, it really does beg a belief, like, what will people are living in? I mean, does anyone think that they don't want to succeed? And, and yeah, it's, and I think Mitch just mentioned there, it's like a game of poker and they're new to it. But by God, they're learning on the job quick enough, you know, and and everything they do is with the right intentions because they want to make us a powerhouse in Europe and football and they won't stop until we do because that's where the real money is. And lest we forget, that's what they've invested in this club for, is to make money. It's an investment. You know, the I in PIF is the giveaway, isn't it? So they put the money in to make money. And, and if we're relegated, it puts us back a bit and it puts their plan back a bit. But then we can go into the geo geopolitical shaming of that, of uh, Saudi Arabia, who are the, the big boys in the playground over here. They got their team relegated. So this is why I'm still 
of the belief that they will be pushing for a big name signing to say, look what we can yeah. do. Yeah. Look what we can do. We can attract this person. Now, whether that's done, well, there's been links with Eden Hazard and things like that. He didn't want to go. And I've, I threw uh, Gareth Bale's name in the ring, but that's simply because the Real Madrid links that the, the Saudi Arabians have uh, with, with each other. Um, but when you get, you see too many people telling the new owners what they should do and what they shouldn't do, it's just like as if they knew it. It's like as if they knew it a business. You know, they, they didn't make all this money by winning the lottery. For God's sake, people, give your heads a shake. It's us that's won the lottery. We're having them as owners. Just have a bit of patience. And if we go down, at least we'll go down with the richest owners in the world. We're not going to we'll make Ashley known that we're not going to spend anyone in, any money and hope to get back up. But I'm with George. There's still enough time to, to rectify this mess. And there's, uh, yes, we're running out with winnable games, but that's with the squad we've got. Two or three additions. It's like golf. You know, you, uh, you all know, well, we all know how to play golf. But when your game's not on, it might just be one or two things that need uh, tinkering with. Not everything. There's, I don't believe we need the wholesale change that, that people are crying out for. The spine of the team needs needs to be the, the main structure. And that's the yeah, same for anyone in yeah, team. Yeah. They've got a strong spine. And that's why Man United are suffering at the moment because they don't have a strong spine. Uh, but the, the teams that are doing well have... And that's what we need to get. We need some legs. We need some energy in the in the middle of the park because our defence is uh, it's a bit like Catholic sex, I suppose, isn't it? There's no protection. They've, they've got there's nothing there for them. Uh, and it, you could have Van Dyke and Beresi playing at centre half. Sorry about that. It was just <laughs> you could have Van Dyke and uh, Beresi at centre half. That was an official Tune apology it. from Hugh Penman to anybody who. Was yes, I apologise to any Catholics who have protecting sex. So there we go. No, but it's uh, you could have Van Dyke and Beresi sitting at centre half. But if if you if you're constantly running, people are constantly running. It's like our midfielders don't even run with the runners. The, the runners jog past them. And there's not a real attempt to block off the, yeah. the passes or anything else. So it doesn't matter who you've got at the back. If you're getting three onto two or four onto three or five onto three, you're getting dragged out of position. And, and we're playing in the Premier League. You know, it's not a, out, out, a backwater league. This is a Premier League with quality players in each team. And they'll, they'll find that they'll expose your weaknesses and where put putting on a plate for them. They need that line of protection in front of the centre-halves. And in an ideal world, and if he was fit, I would just go all in on someone like Calvin Phillips, uh, who would put his foot in, control the ball, pass it about. Even uh, God rest his soul, Teoti, he, he would have been fantastic in this team yeah. to, to lift it and yeah, yeah. protect that defence. It's funny what you say, though, Stu. It's funny what you say. Oh, you can't you go back to that goal that, was, that goal that was scored on 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 Saturday. When you said Dummett was out, people saying Dummett was out of position. When, when you look back, you see Almiron, who's not doing his job, He's he's standing in a dead zone. You see Long uh, Longman, no, you see um, Joe Linton, and you see Shelby standing in dead zones, and then you see a flat cross come over as well. It wasn't even a good mm. cross coming in. It came over flat, and you and you end up with a defender who's too busy wrestling with somebody who doesn't get in and get, and and then gets caught out, and then that means the fullback's coming in behind him. So. The, the, it also meant that the Shaw was out of position because the other two hadn't come in from the centre midfield to give the support to block the space. So all yeah. it was a catalogue of, of errors that were made, and that's the lack of concentration, and that's the game management that you're talking about when you're in five minutes to go and you get a situation where you can't defend because your midfield isn't given the protection and you're allowing ridiculous crosses to come in that are poor crosses to begin with. It wasn't even a good cross. For me, it was a flat cross. It meant it well, was you so know, flat that the keeper couldn't... Sorry, Steve. Do you know when we, we signed Eddie, when we got Eddie Howe in, and there was everyone was waxing lyrical, and it went round... I mean, I'd seen it a couple of years ago, but there was that video of him when he was explaining his tactics, how to beat Chelsea away. Yeah. And he had the little dobbers on the... And he was like, this... The, the way he explained it is everyone had the role, but for it to succeed, everyone had to fulfil their role. And exactly. it's the same. He's trying to do mm -hmm. the same thing, but if people aren't fulfilling their role. The whole the whole machine breaks. You know, it, it won't work. It's just like as I've used golf as a reference before. You can have the perfect swing, but if you feet the wrong position, the ball's not going to go where you want it to go. And he must be pulling his hair out, you know, knowing that what he's saying is right. And thankfully, it seems like he's got the 
the trust because what we don't want is to get rid of someone who came and then just, do you know who we would attract? Would attract the one who just comes for money. This guy sadly, cares about this club. Sadly, look, we're in a position where, you know, some of the team have just been conditioned, mate. It's the way it yeah. is. They've been yeah. conditioned yeah. or yeah. they haven't been conditioned. They have. The, the training clearly wasn't up to scratch. Callum Wilson came out and said as much. And, you know, they, they were they were allowed almost to get on with whatever they wanted to do. Steve Bruce had very little interest in managing Newcastle United in those later days, it would appear. And, and, and the club suffered per se, because of the owner. It's as simple as that. It's years yeah. of neglect. Yeah. And we probably, and I never, I keep making a point of this, I never had a pop at Pardew when he was at the club. I didn't champion the Pardew yeah. campaign because under Mike Ashley, Pardew was the perfect manager. And unfortunately, once he left, it was always downhill after that. Rafa was, a, was an improvement because he just defended um, but once he realised he was going to get no money, he was, you know, he was wanting out as well. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a, it's just been a fourteen-year mess, and and really, we've just done well not to go down into the old third division and join Sunderland. Yeah. That's what we've, that's what fans should be thankful yeah. for. But exactly. like, sadly, they're not. And adding adding the, the the owners, like you've said on social media, is ridiculous. Adding players and having a pop at them if they have a bad game is ridiculous. You know, just come off social media if, if you're going to do that or wait till the next day until you've come off the drink and you've, you've literally had time to look at it and then maybe make a comment, but don't start, don't start picking players out because some people, some players will read that and, and it'll get them down. You know, I know we all know what it affects, how it affects people, uh, social media, you know, but um, listen, I'm going to shout the sponsors out before, because we've got, I've got a little bit I want to get through before we finish. Got 15 minutes to go. Brilliant. 400 watching. Please hit the like button, hit the thumb up underneath. Um, and uh, you know, you can help us uh, grow this particular program. Spider VPN, big shout out to the lads. Uh, if you want to protect your computer, Google spider VPN. They come up at the top of the search list. They are the boys to trust. Thank you for sticking with us, Spider VPN. Uh, I'm sure the, uh, the the looks on the website will go through the roof at the minute with the Spider Man film box office and well, skipsandbins.com, telephone 0800 2545 253, email inquiries at skipsandbins.com, website www.skipsandbins.com.easycontactfreeandpaysyougoawaysecollection.thanksalsotoLNGFamilyFuneralDirectors0191389724.5.andtogardenofhealingdispensary. CBD hemp and cannabinoid specialist, got nearly choking. www.thegohd.com. Thanks also to Arcot Interiors for all your kitchen needs. You can find them on Heaton Road and uh, Google them. They come up at the top of the search list as well. And qtechshop.co.uk, makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and Newcastle. John also runs our website, nufcmatters.com. Thanks also to jabsignature.co.uk for producing the flyers and media arts for all the video work. Subscribe to the channel by hitting Newcastle Le uh, Legends logo in the bottom right-hand corner. Hit the thumb up to like the video. Click share to share to your social media. Drop into the comments box to post a question to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and all other podcast providers. And uh, we've got a couple of events coming up. Uh, this one is the main one, though, uh, a week on Sunday. It's an afternoon with Peter Beardsley and Mick Lowe's. Uh, get yourself on to Groupon. Tickets are still available on Groupon for that event. And don't forget to make a donation to the food bank via the virtual bucket. NUFC fans, foodbank.co.uk. And if you want to see some of the chaps uh, a little bit later this week, of course, the three amigos uh, will be back. Uh, join me, Mitch, and Steve Hasty, <laughs> and Andre, and of course, Toon Tipster, um, as uh, we look ahead to the game against Leeds at the weekend. And uh, there might be a little bit of anarchy on that show, lads. <laughs> Steve's just delighted he's not a woman. Uh, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Can I just Can want I to give a shout out to this guy on Twitter as well, Gavin right, Jones. So. Gavin Gavin Jones is um, he's putting this up uh, on behalf of the Food Bank and JDRFUK, whatever that is. Uh, didn't have time to look at what it was. Um, it is a Newcastle United phone box. Follow him on Twitter at Gavin J O five zero eight eight. Eight six four three. Not the easiest of Twitter handles, but I'll leave it there for you to have a look at. Gavin Jones is the name. Uh, now he's bidding on. Uh, he's asking it to bid on this. Um, basically, he's trying to sell it on behalf 
of his mother. He's going to split the winnings between two charities. Starting bid is £50. I think it's up to 100 already. Uh, but please give uh, that a look on Twitter. There you go, Gavin. I gave it a plug for you tonight. Go on, George, because there there's a question I'm going to ask you. Yes. Why is, why is no, no, it's not the one that... That's not the one I want you to ask, because he wasn't first in. Barry Hogan right. was first in. This is your question for this week, George. Ask George, was there a reason why we sold Pop Robson when he was in his prime at 26, or was it just money? Uh, he fell out with the management. Um, simple as that, as, as may understand. And he was, uh, he was uh, not getting his own way. And unfortunately for him, uh, Pop's wife used to have a uh, stick a finger into places where she shouldn't. And uh, it cheesed off some of the management and they just decided to get rid of him. Simple as that. Don't think it was any okay. more than that. Give us your favourite Supermax story that Blue Moon oh, that, asking that's, for. That's easy, his debut. How weird. Centre forward makes a debut <laughs> and scores a hat-trick against Liverpool. It can't be a better memory than that, can there? I mean, yeah, we're good. That's Blue Moon Boy getting tooled off by George. How are you, man? <laughs> Make it a harder question. <laughs> no, but seriously, you know, it, 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 how can that not be? It was uh, absolutely uh, fantastic. Can I come back on the, the game management thing? When you that were was game about, and management, yes. Go for it. Uh, when you were talking about that... Um, the person that came into my mind, because of my age and because of my experience, was Charlie Mitten, the old manager that was there when I was playing. We were beating Norshi's Boys Club in the in the Northumberland Junior Cup final at St James's Park, and at half time we were one nil. And who should come into the the dressing room but Mitten himself? Brushed all the coaches aside, and he had all the say. It's one nil. He says, "If you think your job's done, that's all you can get." But you may just end up with 1-1. One, one. Or if you really panic, you might end up with 1-2 or worse. So get another goal. He, he, you know, he drummed it into you. Don't, 1-0 isn't where you should expect to stay. Get another one as quick as you can. And, and that was... What year was that, George? Back then. Uh, late 50s, early 60s. Early 60s. 60, 61, I think. Nothing's yeah, changed, does it? Six sixty one mitten mitten left, I think. So it'd be sixty sixty one, yeah. And he, he, you know, there's lots of things he he did. Were, he was before his time, uh, and and uh, he's as, he's as responsible as anybody for me talking about throw-ins and anything else. But never mind. I won't do it tonight. I promise. Um, but but I I could see, you know, you're right about what you're saying about the the, the players, some of them, and I've got to be. Equally honest, I love the goals that Maxim scores. When's he going to have a tap in? He seems to get the the, the great goals, but he misses the tap ins. And Joe Linton, well, he, he misses everything. I, I, I still wouldn't have him in my team. I still would no seriously. He still hasn't learned how to make a nuisance of himself. If he'd watch Chris Wood on Saturday, he could he, he should have learned a lot. Because although Chris Wood was getting starved of of, uh, of service, no real crosses, all the time, every chance he got, he was knocking into a defender or bumping into his a defender. His movement was great, yeah. And his movement, yeah, he's, you know, bumping into people accidentally on purpose is quite a good thing for a centre-forward to do. Uh, even, even our own, you know, former players, Super Mac used to do it. You know, they, they all had John Shooter did it, you know, and, and even as far back as, as, as Jackie Milburn. But um, as I say, uh, Joe Linton hasn't learned that yet. And, he, and when he does, he'll be a much better player. So sorry if that's a rant, but... Uh... <laughs> no, it's George. That's, that's the whole point of this show now, you know. There's no yeah. none of this. So, that, so there we go. Um, look, well, this is going to end up... We might as well just do a full hour with George. Can you ask George if it's true that there's a gypsy's curse on Newcastle due to Charlie Mitten annoying someone? There's a theory, there's a story about the gypsy's curse uh, on St James's Park in Newcastle. And, and yes, it does really at the Charlie Mitten. Uh, the, the story is that uh, Gypsy turned up when they were training up at uh, Hunter's Moor, um, selling her bits and pieces, uh, and, and Charlie marched her off the off the field, out of the field, you know, and uh, so yeah, that that's where the curse has supposedly come from. 
but uh, how true that is, I've got no idea. But that's a story that's been there uh, since Mitten was the manager, certainly. Okay, I'm going to finish off. Um, I've got a couple of little photo rounds because I know you guys enjoy these photo rounds. So I brought one. I brought a couple in uh, towards the back end of the show. So I'll finish on that. Quick one on Rafa because I've avoided it all week, but it is a it is a topic on social media. Rafa's been sacked, George at Everton, um, and he's out of a job. Uh, would you take him on as a director of football at Newcastle? As much as I love him, no, no. It, history is history now, and we've got to move on, move forward, and we're moving forward in a different direction now. And I think uh, if the, if there's one. Problem remaining uh, with some of the players in our back line is that they're still trying to play the way Rafa taught them, uh, and which Bruce couldn't knock out of them. And uh, the other thing is, uh, no, his history, as far as I'm concerned, as much as I love him, great man, and I would have loved him if he'd been there when we, when the takeover took over, but not now. No, it's too late. Too late. Okay, simple answer to a simple question, Steve Hasty. Is it the same answer from you? Yeah, Rafa's a manager. He's not a director of football. He's not a. He's not. It, that's not. That's not what he's about. He's a. He's a, an on the pitch, an organizer. You do it my way. Um, he could not work as a director of football. I just couldn't see it. Okay, Steve Wilkinson. Well, I'm. I'm. I don't think he's ready for a director of football. I'm. I'm worried about the next four or five games that Eddie Howe isn't going to make it work. I'm, I'm optimistic that he will once the, the new signings come in because I think uh, that there'll be a fresh start. As I say, I think they'll probably, including loans, I think we might have five more by the uh, the start of February when there's a there's still a week before the, uh, the Everton game. Um, but our, if if we have to dig ourselves out the mess, um, I would get rougher in again, but Earlier than last time, he had ten games last time, and he he took a few games to uh, to sort things out. We lost the first two or three, and then we won it. We, we didn't lose the last six, but we just narrowly missed. But he only had ten games, so I think if he had to come back in, maybe because we've still got some of his squad, he could he could motivate them again. But but give him at least twelve or thirteen games, which means Eddie's house got five games. But I think in those five games with new players, we'll be all right and. Uh, I still feel optimistic that we'll we'll get out of the mess we're in. Interesting, Stephen. Interesting. Mitch, your views? Bringing him in as a director of football will put the sword of Damocles over the top of, it, of Eddie Howe's head. The and sword of Damocles, man. Absolutely <laughs> does not help in any way, shape, or form. No. Uh, we can't go back. Again, like my dad said, as much as I love him to bits, uh, not now. Um, and you. Steve and Steve both know my opinions when asked by other people way back when about where Rafa should be in the equation. Um, and I just don't think we can go back. But particularly not with how in place. It just, just creates it creates problems from day one and we've got enough of them. <laughs> well, Stu? No, I wouldn't. And I remember watching the games with Mitch when Rafa was in charge. And where it was infuriating at times, wasn't it? This thing was was enough to drag yeah. you to drink, Stu. Yeah, <laughs> you don't need you know, any encouragement on that, lads. Do a drink and drive, Mitch. It's not good. It's not good advert. That. But it's uh, it's you know it was infuriating times. You know, there was times we used to joke and say, "Well, I wonder when the football's going to start." And there was like seventy minutes gone. <laughs> you know, it, but I, I get what Steve Wilkinson's saying. If if the if the owners are trigger happy, but they, they haven't given that indication that they are. They, I don't think they will give a knee jerk reaction. But if they were to do that, uh, and, no, no, there's this time yet. But if, if they were to do that, and now this is just again my opinion, I wouldn't want Rafa back. Uh, I, I, I think his time's been and gone, and this he's probably still got too much affinity to some of the players that are still here. But the, the three, four years down the line now. If if anyhow wants to go, and I sincerely hope he doesn't, uh, I believe he is the man to take us forward. Um, I would bring in Jose Mourinho or Jose Mourinho, who's close to losing his job by the sounds of things. So it's been rumoured in in Rome that he might not be there much longer. So out of the two, they might have Mourinho over Benitez if that was a choice. But hopefully, it never comes to that because anyhow will 
work his magic and keep us up and then onwards yeah, and upwards. Yeah, let's hope so. Great answers to, to the question. That hour has flown over. Just time to uh, fit in a couple of photographs. Okay, I'm going to do two celebrity Newcastle fans first that you've got a name, and then I'm going to do two players who are either past or present footballers who play for Newcastle, but younger, and you've got to guess them. Okay, so just a little bit of that, just for fun. Um, I'm sure the people at home will enjoy trying to guess who these people are as well. Uh, okay, where, we'll go with the... Steve, you... where do you get those bloody glasses from, man? <laughs> Honestly. Do you get the lost and found part? <laughs> sort of department. Primark. Yeah, they'll do. Primark. It was like brick top there, wasn't it? Was it above my head? Put them brick on, Steve. Put them on. Say <laughs> so you're going to feed people to the pigs. Good. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Um, <laughs> Right, here we go then. Um, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with the two celebrity fans first. So, celebrity fan number one. So, Cheryl. Well done, Steve. Yeah, Here's Cheryl Cole. Oh. Heaton, you see? Heaton. Magic, magic glasses. Magic glasses. Magic glasses, okay. <laughs> celebrity fan um, number two. That's not the health secretary Hancock, is it? It's not. Jimmy Neal. No. It's not Mitch, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Paul, Paul Gibson says it's a Chris Wood. No, it's not Chris oh, Wood. Oh, would have hoped my dad would have been straight in there on that one if I it was me. Yeah. I, 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 I would have hoped so. Anyway, his hair would have been blonde. I used to have that haircut, but not that colour hair. You all did. <laughs> Cyril's in Wall's End. Haircut, sir. Aye. Something for the weekend. Is the mouth shape the clue? Because I'm trying to work that mouth shape. I think once you see that person, you'll know exactly who it is. Um, you give in, lads, on that one? Was it Ian Lafrenny? It's not. No. Okay, well done uh, to Kirk1999. Who guessed that it was Tony Blair? Tony Blair. What? Ah. Marty Lawrence, Tune 2020, uh, Rachel Lilly, Mad Mark, and ah, Stu can. all got it. Tony Blair, well done. Okay, so um, two players uh, who either played or play for Newcastle as youngsters. See if you can guess them. Murphy, Jacob Murphy, Joe Linton. No, <laughs> not Jacob Murphy. No, nope. is it Willick? It's not Kirk 1999 says Jermaine Jenis. No, Mark Byers says Solano. No, Tim yes, Tim Ken says Clivert. No, Kieran Dyer. It's not Kieran no. Dyer. Paul Gibson, you're wrong again. John Barnes, no. It's not Townsend, says Kenny Ranson. Yeah. Is it Carl Court? It's not. <laughs> Gary Milligan says Abamyang. It's not. Mike Jens says Shelby. 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 <laughs> Shelby. <laughs> oh. Shelby. Shelby. <laughs> 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 In the notes. <laughs> Come on, Steve, put well on misery. Okay, well, uh, it's well done to um, Mark Byers. Well done, lad. Ben Arthur. Wow. wow. Is it really? Who's just got himself wow. a club? Who just got himself a club today? So, Hatton yeah. Ben Arthur. Well done, Mark Byers. Okay, last one. Um, it's another player. Is that Kieran Clark? Kieran Clark, isn't it? Kieran Clark, good Is spot. It? What it a is. hairstyle, lad. Yeah. Wow, Kieran. Action man, look. Is I eagle eyes, I would say. Eyes, I would say. Is he got a lever at the back of his head? Aye. Yeah, it'd be good. <laughs> Tennis ball head the way the hair's cut in it. Yeah. 
Well done. That's uh, that concludes tonight's show. Brilliant. Great uh, And we wear some belters, and we'll do some more of them next week. Well done, everybody in the chat as well. Uh, you did very well, and it was um, Andy Jones. Well done. You got clock first, so uh, well done. Excellent. Uh, I'm back tomorrow, uh, six o'clock, with Super Mac and with Gibbo, and then the uh, the three amigos, of course, will be back on Friday. Great show, lads. Great to have you on. Thanks to everybody contributing in the chat. See you all next week. Talking to myself again Pretty cheap